Welcome to As Seen on Internet, episode 15, the show that brings you the tech news you need to know, as well as the most amazing internet we could find. My name is Ben Foster, and with me, as always, is... Amit Wadera. Coming up on today's show, uh, we will celebrate my tech Christmas and talk about the most important <laughs> deck in technology. Uh, we're going to talk about hashtag new stickers, and then also I will clue you in on what Chewbacca's mom's secret was. That's all coming up today, but... Uh, First of all, it's been a while, but I'm glad to be back at, as seen on Internet, World Headquarters with you recording. <laughs> what you it's been, been a while. Been what have you been up to, man? Yeah, it's summertime, you know. Uh, trying to get outside as much as possible. Uh, playing golf. Atta what boy, about you? Out of boy. Outside as well. Been to, uh, been to Wrigley Field this weekend to see fish. Uh, not the, for the, a baseball the, game. Not, <laughs> not for the baseball game. Um, but, yeah, it was really fun to be standing on. Uh, Wrigley Field listening to everybody they, they, Fish just set up a really cool app that I love um, it's called Live Fish and then you get a code now on your ticket and then you rush mm-hmm. home and I could download the shows overnight and they're stored all locally on my phone or huh. I can stream any show going back like the last 13 years so you could download the show that you were just at yeah I was listening to, yeah like oh, instead, <laughs> instead we, you know we were kids and we would go see Fish in the 90s you would have to send away blank tapes like those old Maxell tapes and right. wait like two to three months for it to get it back right, right. but I literally had the thing doing my errands uh, last evening of the fish shows I had just listened to it was absolutely amazing wow. was it really for a Cubs game a couple days ago the weirdest thing happened so like I've been very lucky uh, with catching foul balls I've gotten three foul balls and then one hit off me and they're like some of my most prized possessions I absolutely love them um, and it was weird because at the really feel you know that tradition where like, what happens if an opposing team catches it? Yeah, so the uh, opposing player hits a home run, fan at Wrigley, uh, probably celebrates for a split second, yep. and then tosses it back. Whips it right back. You throw that foul ball that may happen to you once in your life right back on the field. And it was funny, so the, the kids behind us, my wife and I were there, and the kids behind us were like, well, what would you do if you got it? You wouldn't throw it back. You'd keep it, right? And uh, everybody's like, no, no, i throw it back. And the one kid said... I would throw it back, but I'd Snapchat it first. <laughs> and look, I, I get it. You can save a Snapchat photo or whatever. But the, she didn't wasn't even talking about that. She was just wanting that 24 hours of glory right. to be able to just ha- have that on there. I thought it was the most interesting thing. Like here, I would want it, the memory preserved and everything else. She just wanted that little burst that of, little of burst stuff. Of so time, yeah. Yeah, so it, I've been doubling down Snapchat, I think, annoying. Um, it was when we had I had a meeting with a couple guys on our team. And I called him and I was like, super important. We covered the business in like two minutes. And they're like, did you really call us here to talk about your Snapchats? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> no, it sucked. It's terrible. I know. Speaking of that, I mean, uh, I've been follow- I've been starting to get a little bit more into it as well. And uh, like I mentioned, uh, you know, I'm playing golf a bit more this summer. And um, Ricky Fowler is like yeah? one of the best. What's his, what's his user on there? You know, uh, I think it's just Ricky. Yeah. Oh, and, damn, that hot, hot yeah, username. <laughs> you got a good one. Um, yeah, I mean, just to get kind of an inside view of what a professional golfer is like, yeah. um, there was a kind of went viral right after the Masters. Him, yeah. Jordan Spieth, and two other guys, professionals, all went on a trip to the Bahamas. And um, yeah, and they were like playing golf without their shirts on, just having a good time, like, like they were back in college yeah. and you would never, you never see that side of someone, yeah. you know, if you're just watching, you know, yeah. watching them on TV. So yeah. it's really cool. I, 
I I like it. It's quick. It's fast. Yep. You know, it's a little yep. personalized. So later on the show, we'll look at how Snapchat is evolving, and you know, you always know what happens when a tech company has to go IPO. Sometimes things can change, but we'll look at some of the stuff they did to as they grow up and start to, to become the fad uh, there. But first, let's start off. On a slightly lighter note, uh, let's, do, let's, go, let's go to amazing internet. Some of the coolest stuff people have done on the internet. What, what's amazed you about the internet this so week? So the, the amazing thing on the internet that I saw is is Brexit, actually. Yes. And, not uh, the actual thing that happened. But. <laughs> yeah, not the actual thing that happened, you know, but if, if, it'd be hard... You'd be hard pressed not to hear, you know, something about it in the last, um, you know, few few days or so. Yep. But the really interesting thing that happened is is what happened on social media after, um, you know, the the UK decided to leave. Um, and one of the things Google Trends is is amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, we we always talk about, you know, how are people searching? How how what are people looking at on the internet? And Google Trends is an amazing way to get that insight into yep. an aggregate view of the population. So we looked at um, what the UK was searching for two hours after. Uh, the polls closed yeah. and the search Which was late, hella late at night. Yeah, right? hella late. It was like midnight UK yeah. time. So the search term "What happens if we leave the EU?" spiked two hundred and fifty percent two hours after the polls closed. Which isn't spiked. So that's an interesting metric. So that you know, it's not just saying it happened. There was a baseline, right? One would assume before a vote one would get educated. Right, exactly. I mean, you think about it just in the U.S. You know, election. Yeah. We're searching, you know, what happens if Donald Trump is president or a Bernie Sanders presidency or Hillary, yeah. right? You know, you would imagine that there's the same level of, yeah. of education happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the thing that was really interesting about this was how, based on this, you know, the, the, this Google Trends, how people were educated beforehand yeah and it just shows you that people did not understand what they were voting for or they thought that something else would happen you know there was after the the vote happened there were so many tweets and people saying you know that they that they regret it that they feel you know that they they wish they could go back so it's just really interesting to see how that all played out it's you know people pick on Twitter and it's still one of the greatest things the internet's ever done and I just always think what is it going to be like to be a historian whatever when 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 this goes into effect right when right. we feel Brexit or whatever what is it going to be look like to have all this tremendous amount of data as a sociologist and you can like right. go back you're going to be able to use big data tools and all, all this quality data you got and be able to figure this all and put it all together in a way like we hadn't been able to do like right. even as recently as the 60s and all the crazy elections back then. So it'll just be absolutely amazing uh, to go and see that. What about so, you, Ben? What did you see this week? All right. So the coolest thing I've seen on the internet was a uh, – crit- let's, let's call it a critique of a New York Times wedding uh, coverage. So you know how the <laughs> Times has the vowels column. I think right. it's called the vowels, yeah. So they talk about the, these weddings. And uh, this was a, a couple, I believe they were relative of the Von Trops, the family in the Sound of Music. Sound of Music, right. Yes, yes. And uh, so it is a somebody writing a critique of a over-the-top New York Times wedding announcement. And um, there's many things in there. These people were uh, pretentious hipsters, <laughs> to, say, to say the least. You could... 
you, you were almost reading it. it felt like an Onion article, the New York Times <laughs> real. at first. Yeah, completely real. Completely real. And they, they obviously interviewed the lovely bride and groom. Um, and my favorite, my favorite quote of the whole thing was, uh, when she visited his house, she generally arrived with an armful of baguettes and pastries, leftovers from the bakery where she worked. I started referring to her as our friend with bread fits <laughs> The author goes on to say, these are punchable paragraphs like these. And there's a paragraph that just burned holes in your eyes. And it's a... You read it and you're like, wow, I can't believe it gets worse and worse. And then you're reading it for maybe 15 minutes. <laughs> it was one of the most amazing things. That's so funny. That I've ever read. So from what kind of stuff cool people are doing on the internet to uh, what are stuff that people are building? And, of course, to, for this, we always go to Product Hunt, which is one of our favorite websites. Mine certainly uh, for our Product Hunt of the Week. Uh, Amit, what have you seen that people were building and releasing out there on Product Hunt? Yeah, your... I think the, the most in, uh, interesting thing you know, we're seeing a lot of stuff getting released by Twitter recently. Yeah. Um, the the one that it's I as saw, if they got new leadership. <laughs> yeah, um, this one's called Twitter Engage, and if uh, it's really like Twitter for the one percent, so probably one percent of what the one percent of of Twitter of Twitter users, probably <laughs> the people right. with the most followers, yeah. right? So people, you know, for people like me, what do you think? What do you think a one percent follower? I'm get. I'm totally guessing here. I don't have any data. What do you think? One percent. Uh, Probably over a million. Over a million is one yeah, percent. I would guess so. Yeah, yeah probably even more. Maybe if you happen to know, dear listeners. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it, you know, if for people like you or me, maybe we have a hundred followers. We have a few hundred followers, yeah. maybe a thousand, couple of thousand. You know, it's not too difficult to keep up on um, on your timeline. Yep. Right. You know, you may get mentioned a few times a day. Yep. Uh, you know, a handful of times a week, but for a celebrity who gets mentioned probably thousands and thousands of times a day. Um, think about what Justin Bieber has to go through, right? right? right. <laughs> you know, he, he can't actually reply to anything. Feel terrible. You know? So Twitter Engage, what it does, it curates, as a personal user, yeah. it curates what are the most important people that you should, that, that are at mentioning uh. you. You know, not, let's remove all the spam. Yeah. Let's get the people that are, that, you really should be engaging with. So it's Twitter's kind of automated way of, of curating. For mentions, for one-to-one -one messaging. Correct, yeah. That's it. So they want, I'm trying to figure out, like, walk backwards as to why Twitter built this, right? They want celebrities interacting with other celebrities? In celebrities what, or, like, what's the... or probably even people that are... You know, at mention one percent is one. Yeah, you know that are maybe maybe not even the one percent with the one percent, yeah. but it's uh, maybe an insightful mention. Yeah. you know that people are retweeting or yeah. just even being able to connect with you know the average Joe. Yeah, you know that actually like a real fan, yeah. right? Yeah, it, it would be one step just to remove the spam bots. Yeah. right. Yeah. Um, so I think I think that's probably huh. a little bit of what what they're trying to do here. Super. I hope it doesn't. Some of my favorite things on Twitter have been interactions with the common man, so to say. So one time I made fun of Alexi Lawless, a soccer commentator, <laughs> and he made fun of me right back. Right. And I don't know. Perhaps I shouldn't have been mean or whatever, but it was it was so great. I was like, oh, Alexi Lawless noticed me. <laughs> uh, and then the other one, the famous one, was the kid in Oklahoma. Uh, tweeting about flag football, or no, Kevin Durant wanted to play flag football. Football, yeah. Right. The NBA was on lockout, and right. some guy, some frat guy, was like, "Hey, you can come play flag yeah. football with us." Yeah, and yeah. you know what? 
Yeah, right? I hope it doesn't take away from moments like that because those are some of my favorite things on yeah. Twitter. But yeah, it's cool to see them start building up more, using it as a messaging platform mm-hmm. and going on and on and on about it. What'd you see, Ben? All right, so this was on Product Hunt. It's called Odaddy, uh, which is a great name. Odaddy. Not to be me. confused with GoDaddy. <laughs> exactly. This is yes, correct. <laughs> Odaddy.me. O d a double d y. Me. And what this does is all right. So. You have a kid. Your kid is uh, getting to the point where she is super interactive, but she's still under one, right? right. Like, you can kind of, like... Turning 11 months to Yeah. Mind. Ah, nice. Yeah. Nice. You can put a shiny object in front of her still, though, and that will entertain her. Yes, yes. Correct. But eventually, there will be the one-to-one time that's critical. So, what Odaddy does is it gives you suggestions for activities to do with your kid, uh, the amount of time it is, and then it locks your phone from being able to be used. So, like, I want, so I'm showing them at the app. This is at odaddy.me. So, uh, read what pet should I get? So, you, you go in and do it. Uh, it gives you points and kind of does it. And then it prevents your phone from distracting you as you do it. So, oh. it gives you not only ideas of how to spend quality time for your kids, a, we'll use that old word, gamification mechanism to kind of track how you do it. And then blocks your phone from going on. You said, there's cool stuff on here, like reading a story, crawl the obstacle course. It looks like, uh, you can user submit these things. There's a whole bunch of different ways. A light fireworks, legally and safe. And then it blocks your phone when you're out there actually doing it with the kids. Too many parents are hooked to their phones yeah, I mean, versus pe- spending time with their kids. I'm stealing this from John Stewart, but it's a thing. Lots of people don't say the real shit about parenting. Um, but the uh, the one thing about um, it is that John's, I'm stealing this from John Stewart. Uh, he says that it's an incredibly boring it's true like in a weird way there's a lot of just boring boring times so what do you do when you're bored you get that little hit of morphine from seeing like a light up button or a notification and stuff like that uh, so this presents that prevents that and you, every, we all know that we should be good parents and be focused on the kids but it's to the point where you don't know you're distracted sometimes like right. don't even know that something's popping or going off right. uh, and stuff like that so it's kind of a, a really cool way to prevent that there's no oh mommy no, yeah. there is an old one. So it's funny you say that. I was like looking in more to the company. There is I was a, like, come on, dads aren't that right? bad. Um, <laughs> it does feel like the yeah the dumbification of dad. No, the company. I believe the company is called um, Parento. Is the uh, the com- They do have an Omami oh, app okay. as well too. I think um, I think this was just I don't know they, for whatever reason it showed up on Product Hunt as O Daddy, but I believe there is an Omami too. I don't. That would be interesting to see if maybe the activities were different yeah, maybe. or like it'd be cool also one thing i thought was cool though is like wouldn't it be cool if you could join into a social network with other parents through this app that's what i was just thinking the yeah. gamification of it you know you could see kind of a very similar fitbit style yeah you know gamification to it because your wife is on those those mom facebook groups those yeah. semi-closed yep twenty thousand people where they judge you. Judging each other. <laughs> <laughs> judging. So my wife and her friends set up a, a, it's kind of like a meta mommy community one where they talk about the stuff that's happening on the mommy community. It's, the best of. It's, well, in air quotes, yeah, the best of. Uh, but it's funny. All right, shall we dip over to the news, man? All right, let's get into it. All right, cool. So this is, I said tech Christmas at opening of the show. And there is one uh, particular day of the year that I look forward to more than any other. It is when Mary Meeker of Kleiner Perkins Caulfield Buyers does her annual Internet Trends Report. And we she's doing it at the, uh, the Web 2.0 Summit that was done by Tim O'Reilly. Recently, she's moved it over to uh, the Recode Conference, yeah, which is done by Kyra Swisher and uh, Walt Mossberg. Um, that I think it's kind of becoming like the, it is the tech event to go yeah. to, right? Like yeah. it's, That's where everybody is. 
going to release this stuff. Elon Musk, for example, was there proposing that. Host of people from. Did you see that thing about his his prediction? Where were the chances were in base reality? Oh yeah, we're in a virtual simulator. Yes, video game. Yes, yes. This is the (laughs) conference where you can go to be reassured that your life is completely virtual reality, (laughs) created by some alien advanced uh, simulation. I'm sure my. The guy controlling me in this simulation just got extra points for me realizing that. If we were in a simulation, though, would there be weekends? That's what I want to know. Would they program weekends in? Weekends of the simulation? Yeah. What what was yesterday, then? I don't know. If we were just a simulation, wouldn't we just be working all the time? No, man. That's like, I mean, look at it like The Sims. Like, you got to, like, bump their happiness and no, stuff up or whatever. If we were working all the time, we'd, like, revolt. And that's true. Over, it'd be a bad simulation. <laughs> <laughs> they fought all this. That is their 10,000 years why I didn't become a coder. <laughs> uh, anyways, whatever. So you get to hear amazing <laughs> amazing anecdotes like the one we just relayed, as well as Mary Meeker's deck. And uh, if you Google Kleiner, uh, just Mary Meeker uh, 2016 Internet Trends, you'll see this entire deck. Uh, my friends, it's a 233-page deck, and so it's really cool stuff. Not as the, only as their latest stats on all the platforms, a couple of the highlights we'll go through, but they go really deep into macro, uh, global macroeconomic trends mm-hmm. and then how tech solves for them. So she talks all about the days of easy growth being over and how the opportunity for us to get past the days of easy growth and make money and improve all our standards of living is through, through technology. There's a huge segment on millennials. And how they view content differently, as well as a huge segment on China. So, 233 page deck. We're not going to read every single slide, but we're going to go uh, through some of the ones that I think were the favorite. And the most interesting one is one that she's done every single year, where she compares the amount of time that we spend using each media versus the amount of money advertisers spend in that media. So, what this shows you is. Where are advertisers over-investing and under-investing? Mm-hmm. And for the umpteenth consecutive year, we are over-investing. We, as, as a marketing community, are over-investing in print and under-investing in mobile. And it used so, to be digital as a whole. Right, 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 yeah. Digital is now at least they, kind of evened yeah. out. The rise right. of mobile has been so – that's a right. great point. She started doing this and there was just print, radio, TV, and internet. But since she's been doing it, mobile's gotten so big that it's become its own category with about 25% of your time spent there, but only 12% of ad spending goes there. And 4% of your time is spent reading the printed word. Do you read any magazines, like actual magazines? Not anymore, yeah. really. Maybe one yeah. every now and then. We had to burn some uh, some of my airline miles were expiring and it was too expensive to like add on to them to get a ticket but they were significant enough we want to do stuff so we started subscribing to all these magazines just <laughs> to have her. I mean as we get like Sports Illustrated I like SI but I can get my fix of sports news on other places right. but now I have all these magazines so I feel like I'm now bumping up the, the average but 4% <laughs> of people's time spending on print but 16% of ad spending goes there Wow, and it's some of the least effective ways I think you can spend your money, right? Like just having it kind of sit there, but massively doing this. And then the other side of it, we spend a quarter of our time looking at our mobile devices, hopefully less if you install Daddy-O or (laughs) O-Daddy, hopefully less if you install O-Daddy, but only 16%, uh, but only uh, about 12% of ad spending goes there, about under investing by half. So the question is, why, right? Is it mobile ads suck? Is it that we haven't figured them out? Like what is the what is the reason? Can you think of the last good mobile ad? 
you saw. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe if I don't know if it's just the space. Yeah. How the ad actually behaves. Um, ad blockers are definitely on the yeah. rise, um, even more so than desktop. Yeah. Um, it's, there was another great stat in there where 600, 640 million people worldwide have installed ad blockers. It's insane. It's, I think I saw another stat that it was like 40% growth year <laughs> over year, which is just an absolute insane yeah. growth rate. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe the ad is just so disrupting yeah. in such a small screen that you're looking at. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, people hate them. I mean, yeah. the, the, that's what the data shows, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. There was, so it was really fascinating to kind of see that. And she talks about it again and again. One other thing she talked in the deck that I think I'm going to extend a, a little bit further. She talked about Chewbacca mom. So Chewbacca mom uh, bought she's the, the viral video. Hopefully you've seen to remind you she buys a Chewbacca mask and films herself in the car doing it. Okay. So she talks uh, about how this was this is the most viewed live video. And you saw how Zuckerberg flew her out to Facebook to kind of do it. Uh, the company Kohl's was mentioned two times in that video, and then Kohl's became the leading app in the USA iOS app store. <laughs> uh, obviously, Chewbacca uh, demand rose dramatically. I'm going to say, tell me if you think I'm wrong, but I'm going to say the only reason that this worked is because it was a live video. Like, I've long maintained that... Uh, uh, get back to Twitch again. Like I said, <laughs> without even trying hard. I've long maintained that the people who are responsible for the rise for Twitch are radically different entertainment styles than those who do recorded video and i think the fact that she was live and just was thought she was throwing she knew was putting it public but she was in the moment she didn't have time to stop and think about what she was recording made her so authentic made her so natural i think that's the key word there it was the authenticity of it right it was you know how she was doing it you could tell that you know she was having uh that she thought it was hilarious at the same time if it was pre-recorded yeah. you know like a youtube star you'd see all these jump cuts i feel like we would be making fun of her right if she was a pre-recorded thing right because i think everyone can imagine themselves in that same situation yeah. too right and yeah. it was a hilarious video yeah right and it, it's just something about it that, <laughs> you know it, it's the same type of thing you know we talked a little bit earlier about the damn daniel meme yeah you, nobody can explain why was that funny? Right. right? It right. just was. It struck a human chord, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and people wanted to share it. Yeah. And this is something. Yeah. Imagine you were. So pretend you were a, a marketer at a retailer that sold this mask and you like came. <laughs> I came to you and said, okay, I'm going to pitch you on this idea. We're going to get this woman in the car and she's going to wear a mask. <laughs> and She's going to laugh. This is gold. This will sell you so many masks. You won't believe <laughs> Like you can't, you, you can't do that. Same with uh, Damn Daniel. I think the only thing that came was because it was just pure, authentic, like right, right there. It was pretty hilarious too. So, anyways, I, I wish her all the success in the world in, in replicating that because she was such a lovely and She's delightful. She's now an influencer. Is she, yes, yes. Is she, I haven't seen. Is she counts and stuff. So nah, I don't know. I, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, what did you see in the the Meeker deck of particular interest that you wanted to talk about? Yeah, I. I think it's just the rise of Snapchat. Yeah. There's an interesting chart um, that that Mary has put in in her decks um, the last few years that she's done this, yep. and it shows how people are taking images yep. and um, or how people are taking photos and that the apps that they're using. Yep. And for all that we talk about, you know, the rise of Instagram and how much people are using Instagram, 
I think the most interesting thing when you look at that chart is how small Instagram is relative to yeah. the other major platforms. Yeah. Facebook is still huge, um, but just in the last two years, Snapchat is, I believe, about to take over uh, Facebook in terms of the n- n- amount of images shared. Yeah, well, they gave, um, I think they gave stats for each of those. Do you remember the the stats that yeah. for 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 images and for video? I think she gave them in there. Yeah, we, for for shared video. Okay, here we go. Images, uh, Snapchat, one point three billion images <laughs> per day. It's freaking. Uh, and then Facebook. If you combine all the platforms, Messenger, Instagram, Messenger, WhatsApp, Instagram, yeah. Facebook, WhatsApp, two billion yeah. images. Oh, they're catching on them quick. So I would say next year, just yeah. on that growth rate, they're going to pass that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when we look at shared video. Facebook, 8 billion video views per day. Snapchat, 10 billion video views per day. Um, So the rise of this platform, uh, I'm not going to say it came out of nowhere, but when you look at the growth trajectory of, you know, Facebook or Twitter, this is astronomical. This basically did come out of nowhere. Um, So, I mean, it's going to be bigger than we think, right? It's already big. It's going to be even bigger. Um, You know, 20 million views of a live story every day. Yep. It's insane. Um, just insane. Yep. And with that, of course, comes uh, the need for them to make money off of it, right? They have right. investors. Gosh, Facebook should have – Facebook seems like to get value buys, but they should have just bet the farm on these guys a couple <laughs> years ago to do it. Um, but they made a whole bunch of uh, big announcements to, to kind of fund this, right? You, you mentioned the big statistics. How are they going to – how are they going to catch that dollar? Yeah. So, I mean, now that they have that scale – um, they made a big announcement in the ad space. So, you know, now it's time to monetize against yep. all these images. So um, now there's going to be snap ads yep. um, between stories. So yeah. uh, I'm looking at your your snap story um, right after I see your yeah. story and I yeah. go to somebody else's right in between them. Um, I'll see an ad. Yep. So we'll not, if I'm putting together something throughout the day, it's not going to jump. Yeah. It's not going to interrupt. You get to see um, my whole time at fish. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see all uh, 180 seconds. of it. <coughs> Yeah. But right after that, then I'll see a snap ad gotcha. from somebody else. Yep. And then if I want to uh, click on, um, that ad, I can just swipe up. Yep. Uh, and then I'll see an expandable. Yeah, they, they're getting like you can now go level two in the ads to see. Right. Yeah, I love so this. Is, I mean, I was the, the the same as is like maybe clicking on something or drilling down into it, but it is. I don't know. It's kind of interesting. The one thing I remember from my students at DePaul this year, when we were talking about stuff, is that they don't care about Snapchat ads. It's the weirdest <laughs> thing. They, they say, yeah, we don't mind. We, I love when it, something does a geofilter or whatever. Right. It is. They absolutely love that. They were talking about geofilters specifically, but they were less annoyed by it um, to kind of go there. I'm flipping through stuff and I'm just trying to get through it as fast as possible. But I'm going <laughs> to try and look for one of those instant article style things to, to kind of swipe up on. Uh, what's also interesting about it is that they are, you can kind of feel like they're maybe getting ready for an IPO or something because mm-hmm. they're really trying to scale this. I remember the first time we were looking at doing Snapchat stuff, we had to draw like things out by hand and or talk to a rep or do all right. this stuff, like these horribly right. inefficient things. But they released exclusive partners that any company can use for uh, programmatic buying, for creative. So there'll be like, um, you, there's a, a directory of creative agencies that they've vetted, people who obviously have experience before. Uh, doing it as well as uh, measurements. So you can plug right into these people right away 
to get your buys done efficiently, really well done, and, and do it, which is, is, is really great. Sounds you know really similar to the when Facebook launched their their yeah. ad platform and when their preferred. That? Oh my gosh, maybe 2010, <laughs> yeah. 2009, or something like that. Yeah. You know, it, their their preferred partner program, yeah, very yeah, similar yeah. to that. Um, so, you know, I mean, brands, agencies, you know, need to get up into this space um, and, and their preferred partners are only going to speed that process. Yep. Up. They gave some interesting stats. Uh, this is Snapchat claiming, I'll, I'll read some of these to you. They compared them to some of the other largest ones. They are saying um, that they're, this new suite of stuff they're putting out here to go with it is about five times higher than the average, their engagement, the engagement rate. So however you engage with something but divided by the number of people that see it is about five times higher than the average click-through rate on other social platforms, which is interesting. Uh, and then they mentioned another study in this TechCrunch article, a uh, study by Media Science that says Snap ads get about two times more attention than mm -hmm. Facebook ads, one and a half times as many as Instagram ads, and 1.3 times as many as YouTube ads. Mm -hmm. And then they also two times more lift to purchase intent than, than these competitors. So, I mean, one thing we always see with any new ad tech, uh, you know, it's when banner ads came out and they would get like 60% click through. Because people <laughs> are like, what is this? I can punch the monkey and right. win a prize. <laughs> but then, and then everybody built their models based on this ridiculously high click rate, then we all uh, learned a lesson. But I'm, I'm hoping to see it like actually carry through and, and get stuff as opposed um, to kind of die out to go there, uh, which is cool. All right, man. What else did you see in the news this week you want to talk about? Yeah, some just quick hits here. Um, last week, uh, the Unicode um, organization, the, the people that control um, and design emojis, uh, they released 72 new emojis. Finally. Um, that Yeah, finally. Um and uh, they will be uh, they will be released into uh, our our phone uh, OEMs, so yeah. Apple, Android, <clears throat> uh, Microsoft. They'll add them into the phones um, relatively soon. I thought I thought some of the interesting things is um, there's a lot more food in there now. Um, yeah, yeah. There's, there's there's avocados, there's eggs, yeah. milk. Um, so a lot of cool things that um, some brands can do there. Um, they also uh, released, uh, I thought was interesting, right before the Olympics, um, gold, silver, and bronze uh, medals yeah, as yeah. well. Although by the uh, time the <laughs> platform guys get it in there, it's going to be... It's going to be a race, but yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Um, but yeah, th there's going to be some new um, uh, emojis being released, and uh, Twitter uh, also has an emoji story here. Um, they're going to now let advertisers um, target people that tweet emojis so <laughs> um and you can target based on keywords um you can target uh based on demographics you know people think things that are that people are interested in um now with just the amount of emojis that people use you can now target based on that emoji too. i can't wait to see the there's got to be some programmatic guys in there right now looking for where are the value buys in emojis, right? Because everybody's going to be like, oh, I'm going to do 100 emoji or, you know, the ones that are commonly used. But there's got to be some guy going through all the data. Right. And what are saying, the most and least used emojis? Right. Where can they get that? Right, right, right. Yeah, where they can. There's, it, 
you know, hopefully one day they will make the data all public, but it would be so cool to see like, oh, when you use um, whatever, thumbs up emoji, it's it's way more efficient than other ones. I'm looking at some of these other ones. There's, there's a lot of Olympic ones on here that yeah. I don't think they're going to use. That fencing. I think there's a water wrestling polo, one wrestling. Yeah. Which I always love how, when the community kind of like takes it to mean something. Like 100, you know what the 100 emoji means? Uh, is it awesome? It's like keeping, no, it means keeping it real. Like oh, one, really? like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, I had no idea. One of my snarky friends used it at me, and uh, he'll laugh at me if he hears this. But I had to like go and look it up to make it sure. I mean, <laughs> just keeping it real, like one hundred percent real. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, the kids these days. Um, but there's, I, I can't wait to see what people kind of go and corrupt with these. So it's gonna be a while before these show up here. But yeah, it'll be cool um, to see how they do that. Cool. Yeah, and then the the next thing that Twitter is doing, um, they made a, a, another major announcement. Um, you are now allowed to post longer videos um, than what you could before. You were uh, originally only able to post 30-second videos. Now you can post 140-second um, videos as well. Huh. Why? Uh, when, when 40 is not obviously a magic number like it was for text. This seems to be like a, a play on I think it's a play on their character count. Yep. Uh, but also um, that 140-second um, uh, limit is now coming over to Vine as well. Oh. Um, so no longer... How's Vine doing as a platform? I, hmm, yeah. Yeah. I mean, kind of here here yeah. today, maybe slightly forgotten. Yeah. Uh, I think maybe they're trying to make a comeback here. Um, so the six-second Vine video isn't necessarily going away. Right. Um, you can add a 140-second gotcha. uh, Vine that is kind of attached to your six-second yep. Vine as yep. an extended video here. Um, and then the, the the last thing that they're doing here is um, taking a page out of YouTube's book, and they're um, setting up revenue sharing with some of their influencers. Oh, nice. So they're trying to capitalize on that, probably, um, again, trying to monetize a little bit more yeah. out of the niche platform that they bought. Yeah. Um, but really trying to – I think they're understanding that the influencer game is yeah. is a significant portion of it. Yeah, I feel so bad for the platform sometimes. Like Vine and Twitter, they make this absolutely amazing tool. And then the people who benefit from this absolutely amazing tool can cut them completely out of the revenue deal for doing so. I mean, that's part of you know what you get by creating something so wonderful and open. Right. However, you do feel bad for them like, to, to be able to be cut out of that and, right. and not get any of that sweet, sweet uh, influencer dollar in order to be able to do it. There's another cool thing I saw on uh, Twitter. I heard about this a couple months ago when I visited their headquarters. They are allowing you to put stickers on a photo. Maybe like, what the hell? That's no... Like messenger? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, well, <laughs> I guess I don't know. We've been doing this for, for years. Yeah, you can put a sticker, a happy face, or whatever it is. And you're like, all right, well done, Twitter. You've caught up to late 2009. Uh, but what's <laughs> kind of cool that I thought is that they're allowing the sticker to act as a hashtag. Hmm. So back before we all just used hashtags ironically to string a bunch of words together, hashtags had a really great function in that they would organize what people were saying about a certain topic. And, and they still do that. Uh, what's cool is now that you can put a sticker on something. So I'll say the gold medal sticker or whatever. And then you click on the sticker and that becomes a visual hashtag for so everything can, to show up in there. So I can see everyone that's using that yeah. that gold medal sticker there. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it, you can see how it'd be like gold medal is an easy example because of the upcoming Olympics, but it'll be cool to see. And it, it'll, it, if done right, like if it's interesting to click on that sticker, mm -hmm. you're gonna use, you're gonna see Twitter to become a 
almost like a better photo sharing platform, right? Yeah. Like if you can get content discovery, if they can fix content discovery on clicking on a sticker, I click on the grizzly bear sticker and there's something like a hundred badass photos that all use the same thing, right? Twitter then becomes something like Instagram or Snapchat, where it's right. providing visual content through you for the, through, through the top of this, which I thought was really, really, really cool. All right, Amit, what else? Um, gosh, we've talked about almost all the platforms. Anyone we haven't really talked about yet? <laughs> oh, we didn't really talk about Google oh, that yes. much. Um, they released something uh, earlier today, um, which is a little bit more on the education side. Yep. Um, they released something called uh, Project uh, Google Project Blocks. Yep. Um, this is part of Alphabet? Or go- it's it, within the Google this part is, site. This is part of the Google site. Okay. Um, so... Uh, I think it's no secret, um, you know, to any of us, coding is going to be, um, you know, as important as as math probably um, to our kids. Um, Will it be more important than reading the Scarlet Letter, which I had to do as a junior in high school? I still think it was the <laughs> dumbest thing I've ever had to learn. Probably to the uh, dismay of English teachers, probably yes, <laughs> uh, if we want to adv- advance as a society. I don't understand why I had to learn that before <laughs> statistics, before balancing a budget, before writing computer code. I'll go away. I'm sorry. Yeah. Just <laughs> um, so what Google wants to do, they want to help teach kids how to code. And uh, I think I was a computer science major. I think, yep. you know, you, you studied no, it in college a little, a little bit. I did the business. You did the business stuff. aspect of it. We had to write like a web page and yeah. a couple lines of C++. Right. Not like you guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, as anyone that's gone through it, it's tough to learn in yep. the beginning. And it's tough to separate logic versus syntax. Um, what Google's trying to do is really target something towards young children. Yeah. And they're doing it through blocks and collaborative um, sessions, you know, with, with kids. Yep. Um, and there's really three components to the experience. So they have a what they call a brain board, mm-hmm. um, which processes all the instructions that yep. you're going to give. Um, and then you'll have uh, baseboards as well. And then you have pucks. So yep. these baseboards, you can connect them to each other. Huh. And then the pucks are the things that actually controls what to do. So huh. it, could, it could be like a, a puck could be like an arrow that points something in a certain way. It could be um, a switch. It could be a button or it could be a dial. And all of these can be kind of uh, easily uh, connected together. Yeah. And then what they can do is that... Uh, the, the, the brain board can then communicate to something over Wi-Fi. Yeah. So it could uh, essentially it turn on a light yep. or it could control a Bluetooth speaker, for example. So it's really easy ways uh, and, and natural ways to teach kids yeah. how to program so, at, a, at right. an early age. I read your write-up in the show notes and kind of got it from there. But now it reminds me of Snap Circuits. Uh, these, have you heard of these? This is the great – my kid got this from – one of our close friends, which kind of like, uh, I'm showing a mid snap circus for the first. It sounds like a way better version of this. Yeah, it sounds like snap circus just got disrupted. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think this is this might be aimed at. Um, I don't know what the age uh, kind of limit is for snap circuits. Depends but on how advanced your kid is. Man. I guess. I guess so. <laughs> now we're judging again. Um, but this looks maybe targeted towards maybe somebody, uh, you know, a child maybe around five oh, or cool. older. Um, there's something else that's actually coming out um, from Fisher Price called Codapillar, oh, which I think man. is targeted to a isn't little it on, like, younger. A waiting li- isn't it? Uh, yeah, I think it's on backward yeah. already. Um, 
And, and that is uh, probably a simpler version where you're just trying to get a, a caterpillar, a, a toy caterpillar, to move in certain directions. Yeah. And it's just arrows. Yeah. Um, so I think it, that one's targeted just for a little younger. But it's really interesting to see um, how toy companies now are creating toys that yeah. are trying to teach our kids. Yeah. You know the basics of, of of coding and you know something that they can do in the future. That's super cool. I'm looking at this Engadget article on it. It is yeah. It just it feels. I mean, it's Google design, but it feels like very not Fisher Pricey, like very simple and clean. Yeah, oh, I want this. something naturally that you would expect. When's this is coming people. out. I want kind of want. They haven't uh, announced a launch date yet, so they're huh. trying to partner. What they're trying to do is it's very similar to. Um, what they're what they did with Android, they want to yeah. build a platform, yeah. so that okay. toy companies can build no, that, it. So, You're so smart. the smart Google way of doing it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Project Blocks with no C because it's an internet thing. Right. You got to cut a letter out. Blocks. B L O K S is there. Uh, do we hit all the platforms? Is there uh, I think we got one left. One, maybe? Oh boy, and Tumblr. Tumblr. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, so. Tumblr. The news is Tumblr launched live video. So, like, what you can do on every other thing that we talked about. It's, they had to do it, right? And then, like, just it was to stay just, relevant. Yeah, I feel so bad for it. They did this innovation, and it was when it kind of crystallized to me that Tumblr is dead because it was like, oh, yeah, Tumblr, you should probably get on that live video thing. Right. And now the only thing I see Tumblr being used for is like being made fun of on Reddit as people are going to do stuff. I, it's like a really nice platform for being able to roll a website out really quickly. Like right. I love using it for right. that. Right. But as a social As a social network, platform. Uh, yeah. It's just very, very tough yeah. to get people to subscribe to it. But Tumblr had live video, so we know live video is a thing. Prove me. I, ho- I hope Tumblr proves me wrong and does something new and innovative with it. But uh, this last thing we had for the week. So signing off for episode 15 of As Seen on Internet. We really hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, if you could please do us a very strong favor, go to iTunes. Search for As Seen on Internet. Give us a five-star review. How many stars am it? Five. Five. It really helps us. And we're, we're really nice guys that could use your help. So uh, we'd love if you went out there and, and did that. Uh, signing off for now, I am Ben Foster. With me, as always, is... A bit with you. Hey, we hope you enjoyed the show, everybody. Have a good one.